Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show presented by my friends at Thor MX. This is the Anaheim 2 wrap-up. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. As usual, we're going to take it in, all in, drink in Anaheim 2 and uh, regurgitate it and then perhaps drink it in again. Uh, like I said, I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line is uh, a former racer, uh, a pride of New Jersey. And he just hung All up. Right. The, he just hung up the boots a little while ago. Jason Wygant. Oh wait, did I get it backwards? I really can't, the, the amount of retirements and guys not showing up. I can't even really keep track. Maybe I, maybe I did. I don't even know. Right. It's getting uh, very confusing. Racer X online uh, editor and number eight in the calendar listing of staff on Racer X. Did you notice that? Me? Yeah. Oh, I don't even – honestly, uh, the calendar is still in my backpack. Is that bad that I've had the calendar for a month and it's – Well, there's a – What does that say about my There's a staff so listing. That's why I'm only number eight. There's a staff listing on the back. I am 13, and I don't, I'm trying to read into that in every which way possible. Um, um, it's in order of people who actually care about that. That would be my guess because I've never even looked or asked. Well, 13 is better than the, the, ex, the, the other guy on the call here. Um, Jason Thomas, uh, not listed on the calendar, probably very bitter. I'm a contributor. No, you should still be in there, I think. Maybe not. Maybe we don't do contributors. Yeah, we wouldn't put contributors in there. I don't know. Yeah, so thanks for coming out. Right. Uh, all right, JT, you recently did hang up the boots. So maybe I got that. Or were you the flagger? Um, yes. You were the flagger. Fair assessment. You were the flagger. Okay. Um. All right, Anaheim 2, obviously uh, the big news during the race is uh, he finally hung him up. He uh, he just retired. Went from hanging up the boots to knocking the boots. Yeah, he retired. He's done. He's finished. Um, that would be none other than Josh Hansen. Big news. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, Hanny didn't race, though. He pulled out after practice. He might have, he might have retired, though. That's what I'm hearing. He's done. But I've heard it before. I heard that, too, actually. I did hear I that did too. As well, um, and we may not see Josh Hansen back. Let's uh, not let's not break news here, though. That's definitely not confirmed. That, that's speculating. That's speculation. Speculating. Yes. I don't speculate. No. Jab jab. Um, Kevin Windham. Rise- when you say jab jab, are you talking about Lemoyne's team? No. Okay. No, that was something my ex co-host on the Pulp Mech show. For about a month, he was on. Uh, I would say something. He would just be like, "Jab jab." There you go again. Jab jab. That was his thing. Um, all right. Wyndham retires. He. Um... You don't know what he's been through, man. You don't know what he's been through. Oh, oh wait. wait. Yeah, I got it messed up again. <laughs> you got it messed up. Jeez. Um, 
What do you think, Wygant? We obviously covered a lot of this on the Pulp Show and stuff like that, and I wrote a column today about it in Observations, and I wrote a column on, online about it. We talked to Kevin on the show, but you know, we got all that out. But your thoughts on him doing that, the way he did it, and, uh, and all that? Uh, I actually raced over to the truck when you said you heard that this might be happening. And uh, I was in there, and uh, he was talking to Lurch, who's the, one of the live announcers, to kind of go over how the closing ceremonies would go, the closing ceremonies on his career, the opening ceremonies for the night, how is he going to announce this. And they happened to have the video, um, the Geico truck, you know, they're playing the videos from practice and watching different guys, and they had shot Stewart in practice. And he's talking to Lurch, and he's like, yeah, just give him the mic, and I'll talk for two or three minutes. And then he just looks at the TV screen, and he looks at me, and he goes, hey, Weege, you want to know why I'm retiring? Look at this guy jumping through this section. That's why I'm retiring. Watch this video right here. And he's like, that's all you need to know. I thought that was pretty funny. And I think that was the, the theme of his whole day. Everybody that asked him, he told you what, the track walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he saw that rhythm lane. Um, I thought it was pretty funny. And, and what I really saw was, you know, you would think that's a sad moment and a bittersweet moment. I felt like you could really see – like, the weight off of his shoulders. Like, he seems so relieved, so happy. Like, this is, I've been struggling with this for months, and it's done. That's kind of the vibe I got from him at that, that point. Yeah. It, um, I'm, I mean, I'm a little surprised, like, it, that he wrote a practice. I'm, I'm, you know, it, <laughs> you, you would think. He, he did ride that practice, right? Yes, absolutely. I saw him out there. Yeah, um, I missed unseated practice. Unfortunately, I missed his last ride. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that you missed that because those were the good guys, Weech. And we, we, I usually don't, but I'm trying. What was I working on that? More? Oh, my long, my long conversation with Keith McCarty for the next issue of the magazine. Stay tuned, folks. Oh wow, thrilling! I was busy having my heart broken on the Damon Bradshaw topic, only to have it jabbed the open wounds of the heart jabbed again by missing Wyndham's last ride. Man, they don't like the, the name Damon Bradshaw. Those people that were at yeah. Yamaha back then. Rob Bytus and I were talking to McCarty about the Bradshaw days, and when we left, Bytus said, I think i got to take a shower. I feel dirty after all this. <laughs> Bradshaw, <laughs> if the internet and Twitter were around when Bradshaw hung it up, I could imagine the shock. I didn't find out till you know, three months later in Cycle News. <laughs> but uh, um, I imagine it was, you know, big, a pretty big deal. Anyways, back to Wyndham. So, yeah, I mean, JT uh, – we obviously we talked a lot a lot about it, but and you just hung up your boots. Uh, same thing you said the other night though, or last night. You just you're going as fast as you can. Guys are going by you, and you don't want to get hurt. That sums it up. Yeah, it just becomes that you you worry about the risk part of it all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, you know, like it's in the back of everybody's mind, you know, at all times. But it just right. it becomes the most important thing, and that's you know. That's never fun. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, I gotta say it's gonna be it's gonna be sad to see him hang it up. I I do wish he had gone out a little differently. Even raced one more race. Like even if he let's say he okay, he he comes in, he goes, Anaheim two is going to be my last Supercross ever. And then we, what if he pulls a whole shot or what if he wins a heat? You know what I mean? Um, going out after an eight minute unseated. Un- untimed practice <laughs> kind of sucked, but like he said in the interview, what's one more race and what's one more, <laughs> you know, 206 main events or whatever. How I get, I mean, but it does, yeah. the storybook ending wasn't quite 
written? It would have been interesting because um, it's rare that a guy, you know, not winning a race, you manage to get cheered during that race. But you remember Vegas a couple of years ago when, like, the, the K-Dub phenomenon was really starting to build? Like, the appreciation – I'd say the appreciation tour started to begin maybe, what, three or four seasons ago when everyone really started to realize what a hmm, what a great yeah. dude. You know, they, every, the memories started to build, and, and yeah. he went from a guy that got cheered loud to the guy that got cheered the loudest. And the finale at Vegas that year, I think he got third. I think it was 2010. But they really did cheer him all the way around the track. Right. Um, so, yeah, it could have been possible – I think Jeff Ward's last Supercross, he won the LCQ at uh, Los Angeles in 92, and they uh, cheered. It was like a standing ovation of an LCQ win. Right, right. So I see what you're saying. Yeah, I just, you know, it just would have been, you know, and that's just purely selfish. What is can he do it? It's his last race. What's going to happen? You know, like, let's cheer him. Let's give him the love. And, and again, maybe he clips her back tire in a rhythm section. It's just, you know, <laughs> so I guess he can I, go either think- way. I go back to that story. The reason I tell that story of me and the rig is not to prove that I'm, like, so cool that I was talking to the guy. It's just I'm saying, like, when I saw him, once he had finally made that decision, his focus was so off of, like, wanting to ride that motorcycle. Like, he was so – he was drinking a Dr. Pepper, and I think he was pumped because he could just do whatever he wanted. Probably could have drank a beer if he felt like it. What's the difference? Um, I think once you make that decision, you're not going to have the focus to go out there and ride safely. So I think he made the right move, like – I'm not trying to relax, dude. It could have been ugly. I think yeah. if he went out there in that <clears throat> that type of, I'm not really even paying attention. I'm just riding around state. You got to be kind of um, locked in. Well, I guess in a way though, his his going out was better than Michael Rocco's retirement. Oh God! <laughs> right? I mean, that might be the worst one ever. Uh, he announces <laughs> he's going to retire at the end of the year, breaks his wrist that that yeah, day, and never races again. And never races again. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So there's that. Not like LaRocco cared, though, I'm sure. Right, right. Uh, Kenny I didn't Watson, get cheered by the fans, whatever. Uh, Kenny Watson told a pretty funny story in the manager's tower saying to LaRocco, where's, where's K-Dub? And LaRocco went, he's done. What do you mean he's done? He's retired. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's, he's done. And then he just put his headset on and turned around. <laughs> <laughs> such, such stirring tributes from a man like Mike LaRocco. <laughs> Next. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, hey, Mike, what happened to your grandmother? Ah, she died. Anyway, um, <laughs> practice stop times. Yeah, yeah. Um, same, guy who, who, same guy who last summer when I said, hey, what a battle uh, Barsha and Tomark are having. And, and, you know, they're right in the points in outdoor nationals. And, man, it must be crazy to have both uh, racers underneath the same tent when they're going for the title. And he went, yeah, it's kind of gnarly, you know. And, and me saying, well, at least not one of them isn't ghost riding the bike into the other one. After the finish, I'm like, and he goes, no, they, no, they're not going to do that. All right, cool. We'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't seem to really uh, register. Hey, JT, I want to ask you something about this. Um, I found it crazy that uh, I think Wyndham said when he went around and called, called a bunch of dudes leading up to the race. And uh, didn't, Mathis, didn't you say it was Ferry that said, dude, once you're thinking about crashing, you need to get out? Something yeah, like yeah. He said he said something about uh, when you're thinking about how hard the how hard it's going to hurt when you hit the ground. You need to get out. All right. So here's my question for you, JT. You crazy nut job riders are riding that hard and that fast, and you're not thinking about that like you normally don't. That is mind boggling to me. Uh, no, you can't really. Well, you, wow. you really don't think you're ever going to crash because. Normally, you're pretty in control. I mean, you, 
you do, you know, hundreds to thousands of laps practicing, you know, before the season, and you typically don't crash much, if any. So it's it's not really doesn't stand to reason that you're you're planning on crashing at the race. A lot of times, crashes are not your fault or some you know unforeseen force caused you to crash. Somebody makes a mistake or you hit a hay bale or something stupid that's not normally in your program. So. I don't know. It's really hard to predict crashing, so you really don't think about it. You're just trying to think about best-case scenario all the time. Wow. So jump on a gnarly rhythm or fourth gear through whoops, you're just thinking, yeah, i got to go through these whoops in fourth gear, and that's about it. Well, it crosses your mind what can go wrong, but, I mean, like Timmy said, if you're thinking about that, if you're thinking about the the consequences of, you know, it definitely going wrong, that's not a, that's not a good sign for sure. Wow. Uh, this is a little springing it on you here, Wygant, but we, we covered this last night. Your favorite memory of uh, Kevin Windham, though, you, as a fan or as a, as a media guy or as a flagger, anything? I, I, guess, I guess my life isn't complete. I never did get the flag a race that Kevin Windham was in. He never came to English Town, did he? No, never. Never English Town. No. No. Uh, and unfortunately, I was too young. I wasn't old enough to be a flagger. Carmichael did come there a few times, but... I, Bear Dogs as good as it got for me. Could you imagine uh, wrestling K-Dub? <laughs> oh, man. Well, I just hope he doesn't ever get in the TV business because he'll make me look tiny. He's way too big for a rider. Um, <clears throat> so if the wrestling thing would have been the same. He would have been a giant. Yeah. Um, he could have really, oh, really played a villain. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the best K-Dub memory by far is Unadilla in 2003. Um, when Carmichael had won, I think, like 782 overalls in a row. And um, the guys at Fox got a lot of credit for that first Terra Firma movie because they had Pastrana, Stewart, and Carmichael in it when they were kids. And mm-hmm. it's like, wow, what great scouts they were to know those guys were going to be stars. When the Great Outdoors movies first came out, the first one I think came out in 02, mm-hmm. um, the end of the movie they had Wyndham, all these clips saying, Carmichael just had a perfect season. There's only one man on earth that can do it, but we don't even know if he'll ever ride again. And they had all these industry dudes saying, there's only one guy. Kevin Winham's the only guy that can beat him on this planet. And we don't know if he'll ever race again. And then it worked out. He came back. He challenged him week after week. Then finally at Unadilla, he beat him. And that second moto was one of the gnarliest, most intense battles ever. Fans, I'm not even kidding, like the fence collapsed in one part of the track. And like a fan fell out on the track and was like cheering for Wyndham. Somehow Wyndham caught all this and noticed it all while having Carmichael all over him. Um, and the Honda guys were afraid Carmichael was going to break the throttle on his hot, a severely under-horsepowered CR250. It was an awesome, it was as good as racing gets, and it was a big breakthrough because the story on Wyndham, everybody wanted to see him break through. You know, he's got, he's got a mental block. If he could just break through, and for that one weekend, he did. It was pretty cool. Who got third that day? I, there was a about 60 seconds, about a minute, lead over the third-place rider, who I would believe was on a Mathis tuned. A minute? A minute? Come on. No, dude. The reason I remember it was a minute is because you remember when it's a minute. They didn't like, have a minute on the, the, the big one five. Nobody put dude, a minute on the big one five. Nobody. Dude, that's why I remember it. Like, if it was 28 seconds, it wouldn't stick in my mind. It was like, holy shit, they beat third place by a minute. Dude, Carmichael had won 700 overalls in a row. You don't think they were twisting those suckers as hard as they possibly could and going to, like, new levels of I'm, speed? I'm confused, though. 
Okay, Carm- this is and this is a little off topic from Anaheim too, but I need to get this out. I need to figure this out. Carmichael was perfect in O two and O four, correct? Yes. In O three, Wyndham beat him at Unadilla and Washougal, and it's credited with breaking his streak. But Tim Ferry and Steve Mathis won the first moto at Bud's Creek. But we didn't break a streak. So when no, did Ricky's moto Wyndham broke his overall streak, and Wyndham had already broken the moto streak earlier that year. Okay. All right. So in 03, earlier in the year, Wyndham beat Carmichael at some point to end the streak. Yeah, I think he won the first moto at Hangtown, which is round two. Oh, okay. So And then the big one five, and yeah. uh, Steve Mathis on a Steve Mathis tune bike dominated Bud's Creek first moto. And then Wyndham beat an overall at, at Unadilla and Washougal. Is that, is, do I have that correct? Yeah, and Ferry actually did beat Wyndham at Bud's Creek, right? Yeah, yeah. In the if you first... want to use some Lord Alfred, Lord Alfred Wygan logic, Ferry beat Wyndham at Bud's Creek. Wyndham beat Carmichael at Unadilla. Ferry is actually the best of the three. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Okay, I was just I beat Ferry at Bud's Creek 06. You no, did. I rule all. You also beat Ferry in Seattle 05, and that was when Red Dog said he was in the air figuring out if he had enough money in the bank to retire. Right away, <laughs> as he was as he was behind you, like working out the math in his head. He said, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, "Anyways, um, all right, let's go to a two. I guess uh, um, Wyndham's out. Your, what's your Wyndham memory there, Steve? I don't, I don't listen to your whatever your rinky dink public access Monday. <laughs> wow, well, Racer X makes you go on DMXS. They make That's you. Right. They make you do right. that. So against my will, right yeah. against your will. Uh, my favorite. Well, I didn't have a, what I said last night was. Um, probably like thinking many times, even with Nick Way in oh no, not so much with Nick. Um, mostly with Timmy, then I guess. But thinking a lot of times that we had Kevin covered that day because his practice times weren't the greatest, and and we had him, and we just had to worry about Carmichael, and we got to worry a little bit Chad, and and then Wyndham would smoke us, which you know, and I was just like, ah, oh, he did it again. You know, in Supercross or in outdoors or whatever. Like, he, and as he said on the show when I related that story, yeah, man, I come from the 80s when practice was just practice. It wasn't, you know, <laughs> it wasn't just like a heat a heat race, uh, um, you know, it wasn't just a, a speed lap. So that's kind of my memory of, of Wyndham was always like, it took me a while before I'm like, you know what, it doesn't matter what he looked like out there in practice. It it did not matter. So um, I don't know, I think that's probably uh, – Probably my memory. The, the individual memory of the race was um, probably. I'm gonna. I know he broke the streak of Carmichael and all that, but the win on the Suzuki in 01 Washougal. Do I have that right? Um, that 01 Washougal. 01. That was a big one. That came out of nowhere, and that was an incredible, holy shit kind of ride. If I remember correctly, like it. It was like, look at this dude. You know, yeah, he, yeah, he, pa- he passed like everybody in the whole race, like Ricky, everybody. Yeah, yeah, it was just. I yeah. mean, I think he went through that year. He was riding well. He was riding good, but then we came to Washougal, and it was over. I mean, he just just laid waste to everybody. So that that certainly sticks out in my mind. Yep, that was a good one. It was. Um, it was the, I guess the hard part with Kevin was always he'd do that, and then you always thought. All right, now he's got to figure it out. Now you're this is the potential, and now you're going to see it every week. Well, and that was what was so 
perplexing about it, you know? You always thought when he got that, that he'd be like, okay, now he's going to go on a huge streak. But then it was always often these, you know, one hit every couple of months. Well, and this one is one massive grand slam. And JT was staying at my house the last couple of nights and he heard my rant and he advised against putting it out in public um, for anybody to hear. But I, I mean, the gist of it was what is Kevin Windham's legacy? Is it someone who, and this is for lack of a better word, is it someone who wasted his talents? Because that was certainly the knock on him, Honda days and Suzuki days. Um, that was the knock. And I, and I was around, and JT, you were there. It was, this guy's wasting everything. Then we fast forward a few years, and it's like, he's still not giving it his all. He's getting by on his talent. And the last three, four, five years, it's like, this guy's awesome. He's incredible. What is his legacy? Did he waste his talent? Did he did he do all he could to to become what he did, and he just happened to run into Ricky Carmichael? It's an interesting column. Yeah, it's true, but you're going to have to let it cool because, yeah, you cannot say anything. Like, you'd be insane to go out there and say anything <laughs> I mean, negative I, about him right I mean, now. No, no, no. He doesn't buy that. That is not in his uh, realm of thinking. He wants to go straight for Kevin Windham's jugular like no, tomorrow. No, no, no. Yes. I'm just saying, like, I love the guy as much as the next guy, and he's one of the best interviews in the sport. But let's not forget those early days, you know, and, and that was the word on the street. And I wasn't in his circle, but that was certainly what was whispered. So, But this is a time to celebrate his career, not question what could have been, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's quite possible I was – a little more fired up than that than what I just said, but um, you know, I personally, I personally don't subscribe to that, right? Um, but there's no doubt that that was out there for a long time. Um, so, but I, I don't personally think that's the case. But it wasn't me you're talking about. I mean, it was the industry in general. Yeah, hard. yeah. You know what? I think I think that Ricky Carmichael made many many careers look right. worse than they should have been. Right. He was like the the potential champion killer. You know, for many, many riders. Yeah, so instead of saying Wyndham wasted it, wasted his talents, we should say, holy shit, he's the only guy to beat Carmichael, right? Like, that, we should flip the script a little bit. Yeah, it, I, if you take Ricky Carmichael out of motocross, there was so many potential championship winners, in my opinion. Yes. The face of racing today would be incredibly, it would look incredibly different. You would probably have... So much parody over the, you know, the, from 2000 to 2007 or whatever. Um, you know, there were so many guys that were capable of winning that would have believed they were capable of winning. So, you know, it's it's tough to just say, you know, put all the blame on him when he was actually one of the people that was actually able to beat him straight up mm-hmm. when nobody else really was. You know, Tortelli, yeah, Ferry, all these look guys. At, guys came in as a house of fire like David Villeman's first year here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. was – maybe his best year, um, and when Tortelli first came over, too, like, these guys came in, guns blazing both barrels, you know? Yeah. And But then once they got a taste of the, the ridiculousness of Carmichael, I, I think it really sapped them, and, you know, I think they probably would have had much longer, much more successful careers, but they were just getting whooped every weekend. Mm-hmm. Wyndham was one of the few. I mean, he held on well past Carmichael. I mean, it made a, took a toll on a lot of these guys. I found it interesting. I spoke to Roger DeCoster after the race, and he said that uh, 
couple weeks ago or a little while ago, uh, he said Wyndham apologized to him for the Suzuki years. <laughs> apologized to Roger. <laughs> hey, sorry, I was uh, completely wasted most of that time and blew all that money. Sorry. <laughs> Hope it didn't make you look bad. <laughs> but that's, I remember that's in, cool. Uh, that's Indy, cool. You know, Indy two thousand. What was the year that he got hurt? Two thousand two. Is the year he got hurt on the season, Atlanta right? two thousand two? Yeah. 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 So Indy, I think, was the week before that. <clears throat> um, and Wyndham was in the pits. He must have had a hundred thousand dollars worth of jewelry on. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Yeah, we talked, we talked about that. Oh, did you time. talk about rings, <laughs> necklace? He had dyed his goatee blue because they were Sobe Suzuki, and he dyed his goatee blue. Oh, I don't remember that. No, yeah. He had a massive <laughs> afro, and he comes walking up. I'm not kidding, like with a hip-hop strut. Like the only thing he was missing was the Flava Flav clock. <laughs> and I think he might have gone up to Davey and said, yeah, boy. <laughs> like he was talking like a rapper, and he was iced out, and we were like, what is up with this dude? And right, then right. Suzuki benched him for the night. They claimed that he hit his head, but they said it's more we're letting him clear his head, but we're saying that he hit his head. Oh, um, I don't even remember that. Really? They benched him? Yeah, oh, I don't remember They had that. a race where oh. he didn't race, and the word was, oh, he hit his head, and they just for precautionary measures. But the real reason supposedly was, dude, you need to straighten some stuff out. And then the next weekend, it got even worse. Um, I mean, these are this goes back a ways. People I don't remember, but there were some weird times. Well, his and his his watch was blinding me most of the time. I couldn't focus. Uh, yeah. I remember when he broke his leg. There was a quad on uh, over the start straight, right? JT, remember that thing after yep. the left turn? Yep. And I remember in a seated practice. Practice was over. He came by alley. He did the. I'm gonna go one more, like with his finger, like around. I'm gonna go one more. Practice was done. Checker flag was out, and uh, he he tried this quad, and I couldn't see what happened, and just yellow, you know, yellow flags. That was it. Uh, it was it was the, the the typical one more lap, you know, scenario that happens to uh, so many people. And JT, uh, maybe you can back me up. The feeling in the pits was that we might never see him again. We all knew he was a wreck. We all knew that uh, he, his riding was pretty much crappy, and that. You know, it wasn't working out. And, I mean, I know I talked about it with guys. Like, that might be it. We might never see the dude again. Well, certainly the way his career was going up to that point, and it was on a steady decline, I felt, that year. I think everybody saw that that year. Um, he looked disinterested. And, yeah, I mean, that was a fair assessment. I, I, I think everybody kind of had that in the back of their mind. You know, maybe it was over. You know, big injury. Mm-hmm. Guy doesn't look like he's into it. Made a bunch of money. I mean, it wouldn't yeah. be the first time. And then Glenn Helen 03, he grabs the lead on a Honda 450, and all I see from the mechanics area is T-shirts and w- fans and freaking out that he's back. Cool story. Absolutely. Really could have won that race, first race back. Yeah, perhaps, huh? Um, yeah. All right, 26 minutes in, and we've just talked about Kevin Windham. So I guess he probably deserves it, though. Yes. Well, according to you, he deserves to be just <laughs> – <laughs> lambasted for his shortcomings. Not lambasted, but the 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 where is what is his legacy? That is a column down the road that needs to be written and talked about. I can't wait to read the comments on that. <laughs> well, I'm I I'm like Dan Rather. I I I write. I wait, once, please don't call yourself Dan Rather. Well, I'm like some, I'd rather you didn't. I you I know Dan Rather, and you sir are no Dan Rather. <laughs> 
Um, You're more like Walter Croncrap. <laughs> <laughs> I will edit that out. That was too funny. I'm not going to make you look good like that. Um, all right. Okay. Anaheim to Wygant. I think you and I talked about it in the beginning of the day, or maybe it was me and you, JT, or maybe it was me and my imaginary friend. But myself and some person, and I think it was you, Wygant, we said before the day started, I think Ryan Villapoto is going to win this night. I th- we think it's time. Um, yeah, and was that it? was before practice. Yes, like, yes. It wasn't right. I'm not claiming we're some soothsayer like we saw him ride and just said, "Oh my God, he's so on it." Well, we'll I, get to, we'll get to the soothsaying in a little bit because well, I, yes, I, I do okay. have something to, to add. Yeah, there's going to be some serious Kreskin psych, psychotic, psychic. Sorry, psychic abilities. <laughs> Both. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just thinking about how those first two races went, and there was all this. What's wrong with Filippo? But if you think about it. He was ridiculously fast in Anaheim 1, and had he not had a pretty minor crash, like a crash that could either happen or not happen at Phoenix, he could have won that race. Like, who knows? Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, I think if anything, it's just been odds are when you're the fastest guy three weeks in a row, you're probably going to win one. So it was before I even watched him ride. I'm like, yeah, I don't think he's as bad as everyone thinks. Those are just circumstances. And once those get, he's not going to crash in every single race. And when he doesn't crash, look out. So yeah, he he was on another level. Fastest in both practices by over half a second, and uh, seventh to first in three laps. And I, I mean, I I was like, Canard was in the lead, and I'm like, I think I think Arvey's going to get him. He may not. It's going to be a good race no matter what. And it was just like, see you later. I'm out. Well, you can go back to Phoenix. You know he. Caught Kennard kind of close in the last lap, and then Kennard crashed. But he didn't eat him alive. Like, he was inching up on him. Maybe he was a little bit faster than Kennard in Phoenix. Yeah. This was a totally different – it was a second and a half a lap, I think. It was it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, what did you think of the track, JT? Usually this was a lot better last year when you raced, but uh, um, I liked it. It was, it was pretty good. I thought the design was cool. It looked really slippery, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, you can really tell as the Anaheim's roll on and the monster trucks are in there and it mm-hmm. sits in the sun. Man, it gets worse and worse, and it just looked it looked crazy slippery, honestly, at night. Uh, yeah, but the design was cool. I, I mean, thought it was there's cool. nothing they could probably do about that, but the design was pretty cool. The the walls I think are good to slow down dudes and and you know you got a little tricky rhythm that you can go um, quad out or go onto the table, you know, and off, um, or yep. even before that you could triple and then jump off that. I mean, it just seemed like there was more options. I liked it. And, and lap times were 50. I don't know what RV got into the main. 53s? Did he get as low as a 53? But they, they were a little longer, so that's good. I didn't really care for They made a change. I'm not sure if you saw when during track walk. Um, the rollers? Those rollers? No. After the, after the triple, uh, you went to the – there was a right-hand turn and the home plate turn. They added a little knuckle after track walk before the first practice. And it really changed that whole rhythm section. The knuckle and after the triple at home plate? Uh, after Yeah, the turn after home plate, they added up like a bump oh, out oh, of that Oh, yeah, 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 out of the corner, right. Yeah, what, yeah, what, was, the, what was the thing I wasn't with that? A, I don't know. I wasn't a huge fan of that, but other than that, I thought they did a great job. Well, oh. I talked to Villapoto about that, and he said he liked it because he said it way everybody had figured it. And I think that was that. Was that the section, I think, that Wyndham saw and said, forget it. Yeah, that was it. Yep. Um. Villapoto said they were lining up and figured they could do the whole section. And how far is that? I mean, that's the entire 
length of the stadium, that's probably what, 300 feet or so? How far is that lane? I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like that's 250. Hold on, let me me pull up Anaheim Stadium measurements. Hold on. Well, I mean, mean, you know, the South Pole to baseball stadium is 300 some feet, so they don't go quite all the way over there. But the point is, Filippoto's like, we were going to do 300 feet in probably three jumps. We're going to like triple, quad, triple. We were going to touch down two times in 300 feet. Is that what he was claiming? They do, really? Well, it's probably true. Right, I mean, it's right. the length of the baseball field, and they were going to land twice. Yeah. Triple, quad, triple. Right. So he thought it was cool to add that in because they couldn't um, do that. Yeah. So it was awkward, though. It did, it looked sketch. Um, but I guess it's better to have a sketch 15-foot jump than a sketch 100-foot jump. Right. Um, all right, back to the back to the race uh, itself. Millsaps and Barsha, uh, our first two winners, are in the LCQ. That was pretty gnarly to think about. And I and I and I told you why again. I didn't think one I thought one of them wouldn't make it. You know, just one of those falls or, you know, one of those things in the LCQs that uh doesn't make it, but you know, we found out last night um the reason Davey had to go to the LCQ was because of a crash in the heat. And our uh co-host Kenny Watson said that he thought the motor locked up. Do you know anything about that going into the first turn? Which Yeah, did you watch the I watched, watched the tape. I did. I watched the tape, and it, and I was like, what happened? And, and I think my buddy there, JT, said he locked bars with somebody, but it was like the total, like, thing just done. It was weird. Yeah, you literally see the rear wheel lock, and you see him get, like, thrust forward. Because um, like, he's not bracing himself to brake. Um, yeah, that was strange. So, yeah, Millsap said it was a mechanical, which nowadays, that's a lot of admission. Oh, he did? Rider. He did say a mechanical. I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah, he actually said those words. I couldn't believe it. Oh, okay. Well, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a factory to protect. <laughs> <Could be. laughs> we need fewer factory teams out there. Um. So three three um three races down, Davy Millsap still has a number one plate. He rode well this weekend. He he would he JT have held off Reedy for third if he had not fallen. He got past, but passed Chad back. Good question. Um, I I personally think Chad would have got him, but I, I was really surprised at how strong Davey was when he fought back. Um, he's a he's a different guy. Jeff Emig on the TV broadcast this weekend said this is the best Davey Millsaps I've ever seen. Hard to argue against that. Yeah. We're not going to talk about the TV broadcast either. By the way, CBS shows not made for us. We get it. Not great, not very good, not made for us. Move on. Correct, Weege? We do talk about TV a little bit too much here, and this is not because we were tasered or, like, um, brought into, like, the UFO and probed and told not to talk about this. Like, no, so far I we just... haven't gotten in trouble, but no. I'm not pushing it any yeah. further. No, we're 34 minutes in. We, we got to – but I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. Uh, I, agree with, I agree with Jeff. Hedmick. So here's the question. Does uh, – hold on. My computer went blank here. Um, no, it didn't go blank in the sense that, hold on. All right. Riveting, riveting podcasting. Okay. Here it is. Uh, Davey is three points up on Trey and seven points up on Chad. So JT, does he leave Oakland this weekend with the points lead? I'm going to say based on the weather prediction of rain, I'm going to say yes, because he is a good mud rut rider. He is, isn't he? Good point. Um, what do you think, Wygant? 
Yeah, I think because of that, for sure. And, um, like, I'm really impressed with what I'm seeing, and I think that each week he hangs in there, it not only surprises us, but I think it does even more for him. At the end of the night, I was over there, and uh, he was there, and Ezra and um, James Hansen, one of the rock star guys. And it was like, they were like coaches. They were like, see, it's three races. You've proven it. You're just one of the guys. You're just one of them. They're no better than you. You're one of the guys. You're just in it every week. It's not luck. It's not an accident. You're just that good. That's how good, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and Millsap say good or bad about him, as many have throughout his career. But I don't think anyone said the dude's a jerk. You know what I mean? Like, he's a nice guy. And I think he's a fairly humble dude. But I think even he is starting to believe, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Like, Reed was there, and I... I was as good as him, mm-hmm. you know? Right. It's going to get harder and harder for this to collapse the longer it goes. So, um, yeah, I think he can at least go another week or so. He's got 11 on RV. That's the one you got to worry about. Yeah. He, the, the the really impressive thing, and, and I don't know if you would have been able to say this about the, the, the old Davey Millsaps, and maybe, maybe you could have. I don't know. But, okay, so the, the guy's a points leader. He has a pretty good crash in the heat. He has to go to the LCQ. He's got a shitty gate pick. But like so many of the guys, Dungy, Villapoto, Chad, Stewart, whatever, that doesn't matter. They make it work no matter what. And Davey did exactly that. That's that's pretty cool. That 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 tells me something. Right there. And so you even know Barsha ended up eating his Renthal crossbar pad. Look at his start from outside and his and what ha- what would happen if he had stayed up. Those guys are legit to do that. Yeah, Millsap has had good starts in all three mains. Like, he's just putting himself in that position, and I, I don't – that cannot be a coincidence. You know, believing he belongs there has to be part of that, I would think. I would think so. Yeah, I, I would agree. JT, what do you think? What do you think about um, Millsaps and, and Barsha and what I talked about, how they just made something happen? Although, I guess you could argue Barsha didn't make it happen. But uh, Yeah, I mean – Going to the LCQ has obviously got to be stressful for both of them. Um, you know, I think Barsh is a little bit different. He doesn't have the the red plates. He doesn't have the pressure. But obviously, going to the last chance, there there's still pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really the pressure lies in the first, you know, half a lap because it, it you know as long as everything goes to plan, the first half a lap, you're fine. You know, what I mean, it's pretty much over at that point as long as you don't fall. Uh, those guys are just so fast and have such ability. Even if they're fifth, sixth place on the, you know, at that end of the yeah. first la- half lap, they're not that stressed. You know, right. they they know they can make it happen. Uh, and then for the main event, obviously both of them are kind of on the outside. Um, and and there had been talk on our team radio, the BTO radio, all day that the outside gates were pretty tacky, where the inside gates were pretty hard packed. But mm-hmm. obviously, it's kind of a position over condition, or or vice versa. Conjunction, conjunction, junction? Uh, no. Okay. But, um, you know, obviously they both got really good jumps on the outside and, and came out up front. Um, but I, And I was more surprised that Millsaps did than Barsha. I kind of feel like Barsha could hole shot from the outside, and it's not a shocker to right, me. Right, right. Uh, but for Millsaps to persevere after that kind of uh, adversity with, mm-hmm. you know, what his bike, whatever happened with his bike, you know, he looked pretty beat up. Um, he, he took a pretty good tumble there, comes out in the LCQ, then passes Barsha, you know, really, like, showed some heart in the LCQ when he really didn't have to. No, those guys were getting a little too aggressive. Like, Yeah, yeah, I was really surprised at how, yeah. how you know, how much they were fighting for the win. 
if I'm a team manager, I'm freaking out. Well, I almost felt like it was kind of like a, a battle of wills. Like they both are, were, you know, are really close in the points, and it was just kind of a one-on-one type pride deal. And you have to remember, there's also a, a personal side to this. You've got, these guys have been riding together and, and training together, and there's been a lot of ups and downs and personal battles with the whole MTF, you know, Colleen situation. So you think was it was it was that a nasty deal? I don't think it was a nasty deal. I just think there's a lot of pride on the line there. Um, you know, Davey was kind of out. He left that that whole deal. Well, and Barsha Barsha was the pride of MTF oh, when I thought, Davey left. I thought you were talking about Barsha getting kicked out of MTF. No, I'm just saying oh, oh. I, I think that there's a lot of pride on the line with them. Them They're this close in points. Barsha's just moving up. Davey's an established kind of 450 guy. Um, I never thought I, of this. I, I, I thought never. it was not, not a pissing match, but I, I kind of felt yeah. like there was a lot more on the line behind the scenes than people like a, uh, were looking at. Like a rod measuring contest. A little bit. Just more of, right. listen, dude, you're not going to beat me. And Barsha's like, come on, guy. I'm, I'm the fastest guy like you didn't see last week. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. Um, um, so that was interesting to me. Um, I feel like if there's any television producers listening that maybe a Real Housewives of MTF could be a good show. Well, there's just so much money and and pride and talent stuff on the line in that place, you know? A lot of drama ensues, I think. All those kids live together and train together and ride together and a lot of ego there. What did you say, Weege? First, the scouting report came from um, the Motocross Action Twitter. You remember how they described the LCQ? No, I forget. It was was in all caps, though. It was in not be serious. It was in all caps. It said... Two MTF riders, Barsha and Millsaps, battling an LCQ. And we were like, come on. Yeah. And you were like, they have to be joking. I'm like, I don't think they have that in them. Like, would you, you to know enough that they both went to MTF, yet not know enough that they both had, like, yeah. horrible breakups with <laughs> MTF. How could you know one and not the other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Puzzling. But I was saying, <clears throat> now that they've both broken up with uh, MTF, I was saying they'd almost have, like, the first wives club. Like, I hated you then, but now we both are kicked out. And Yeah, like, we need to join forces. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't the, think when the, the Suzuki guys, or sorry, the Rockstar guys were trying to pump Millsaps up at the end of the night, that was another thing they said. They're like, Barsha won the race last weekend. Everybody said Barsha was the fastest. You beat him straight up in the LCQ. You're one of the guys. You can beat anybody. God, I, I, was, it was, means something. did they have Anthony Robbins there, too? Like, did they have everybody? Dr. Phil? <laughs> really? Everybody? Really was. Like, um. <laughs> Apollo Creed handed him the, the red, white, and blue trunks. No pain. No pain. Uh, uh, wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You ain't so bad. <laughs> then, and then they hugged in the surf. <laughs> then Dave Gowan and Davey and Yogi all hugged in the surf. Um, we, you want to see a real man? Come over to my apartment later tonight. <laughs> I'll show you a real man. Uh, the... Speaking about the MTF and the and the thing, and the GPF thing, you don't hear much about the GPF guys. That seems like a very that seems like the the normal uncle, and the uh, MTF would be the alcoholic raging, um, you know, uh, ex bank robber uncle. There's always GPF low low pressure, not much drama. Or am I wrong? But, but if you look at results, the crazier you get, the better you are. I think. Yeah, maybe. I do know that the GPF houses the Canadians and their forces in Supercross. Well, wow, there's your problem. We, we've seen that. We've seen the, the you know, the, the forces. 
I, I read an interview with Canadian writer Jeremy Medaglia, who's a great guy, and I like him. And they said, why don't you tell the keyboard warriors, why don't you race Supercross? And one of his things was, it's $200 to enter. <laughs> wow, shit. All right, you're out. Yeah, I mean, a night show, you know, you make a night show, you have, you know, maybe 400 bucks, JT? Is it 300 Which class are we talking? Any class, last place. 450 is nine nine oh five. Okay, night show. Yes. So okay, so just putting that out there, uh, Jer Bear, your two hundred dollars entry, and your blood, your FIM license, and all this. I'm just, you know, whatever. Go on and on about this. I'm getting very upset. I can feel my temperature rising. It's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show, brought to you by BTOSports.com. Presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on pulpamex.com to help out pulpamex.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side. Racerx Podcast Show is brought to you by BTOSports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots, or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM race team and the heart of the BTO Sports amateur motocross team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. us. We at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the Racerx Podcast Show. Use coupon code PULPMX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. Anyways, okay, so uh, back to the 450 class. JT, Chad, is he all fixed? Is he all better? I don't think it was really Chad. It's just um, well, the bike him or being whatever. A good, you know, yeah. him being happy with where they were with the bike and all that stuff, which it, it ultimately becomes Chad, I guess, so... Look, he was, I mean, he was, he passed RV at one point, stuffed by him, stuffed by him, got in. I mean, he was a different guy. Yeah, I mean, you you know how fickle racers are, man. I do. One little change, they feel happier, you right, know. Right, The whole weekend turns out different. They go out confident. I mean, he, he whole shot at every practice, which I know doesn't mean much, but that's a huge signal of confidence. 
You mean the eight, he beat the eight hundred? I never noticed. He did. He did. Oh, the eight. That's eight hundred's move. I know, and <laughs> and it was denied. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if you ever watch, it's funny to me because if if the eight hundred gets the whole shot, then he goes, you know, like reckless abandon. Yes. But if someone beats him there and he's second or third, he just totally backs out of it. Like, oh, I, I lost it. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ride around. <laughs> well, you know, did you his see? Confidence has been blown. Did you see the 800 eat crap at home plate there? First lap, first second. I did. First. Yeah, right over that little knuckle I was talking about. Yeah, I'm like, oh Jesus, Mike, you got to calm down. First lap. Um, but uh, and so in your opinion, JT, is this is this uh, is this fixed now? Is Chad back? Is it, I mean, we, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I'm just hoping that he can use this to, you know, build upon. Really, right. I mean, I'm. I know he felt much better all day, and then obviously his night was. You know, he was like a different rider out there, and, and the results don't necessarily portray that. But anyone who is really paying attention to him and his body language and his aggressiveness on the track. It was like a different rider out there. He he was catching Trey, although hard to say how much Trey was, you know, backing it down. But he was catching Trey. Well, yeah, and I don't think that really he – I don't really look too much into that. It okay. was just more yeah. him, you know. Right. If, I, if I watched Chad at the first two races and Chad was the only person on the track, mm-hmm. and then I watched Chad at on Saturday night and he was the only one on the track, there were noticeable differences right. in his riding. Um, Weege, when do we get worried about Ryan Dungey? about now <laughs> really yeah you, you think dude that i mean are we are we overreacting in the media i mean are we are we trying to turn this into people magazine i uh, heard that's what you do <laughs> yeah um, no but for yeah. reals i mean are we is this are we worried here, here, here is the reason why you would overreact with any 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 other rider i think you'd be like eh had a bad night, having some issues, whatever. But when does that happen? Seriously, when was the last time Dungy got, what did he get, uh, seventh and an eighth or two eighths in a row? No, he uh, no, he has gone. Uh, eight, eight, hasn't he? He has gone eight, six. Oh, that's right, he got six. He got behind Weimer. Okay, yeah, eight, yeah. six. When was the last time Dungy went eight, six? Seriously. Millville, 2001. <laughs> or, No. 2006. Six, sorry. I'm, yes. I'm okay, old. his pro debut till now, I think. So, <laughs> that alone. He, he's he's not good in traffic. Roger mentioned it in the interview. And I was he's never wa- been good in traffic. No, no, and no. He doesn't but, go 8-6. You know what I mean? Yeah, like something, yeah. Because he's so, he's going to get third no matter what. When he gets an 8 and a 6, and I know that he had, you know, <clears throat> rough time of it in Phoenix. But this weekend, I mean, you can look. His start wasn't that atrocious. He was essentially with that group, and the next thing you know, they're like, hey, they dropped Dungey. Hey, Short's in front of Dungey. Hey, Dungey's barely gaining on Short. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just not the way it normally goes. So I'd say since the dude is so reliable, two bad races is enough to be like, huh? Um, what do you think, JT? Not really sure. His starts have obviously haven't been helping anything. He obviously crashed um, at Phoenix, and then this weekend, uh, man, I, I don't know. He was fast in practice, right? Uh, he was third on the board when I the last time I looked. Um, you know, it's tough to say if he's a victim of circumstances or – I'm not sure. It's weird this year, I will say, that normally the end of races, Ryan Dungey kind of eats people up. 
and he really hasn't been doing that this year. And, and I'm not sure if that's, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the way, because everyone's, they're so, it's so deep this year and everyone's strong. Uh, or if it's, you know, something with the bike or, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to waffle here, but I really don't know the answer. I, I'm not sure if it's Ryan Dungey or if it's the field. Right. That's the reason. And I don't know if so we have enough evidence yet it, to really make that conclusion. Here's what we, we need to see him get off to a top three start and see what happens. Exactly. Yeah, but remember at Anaheim he was in fourth. And I think everyone was like, yes. Barsha's first race, Trey hasn't raced in a year, Millsaps. Millsaps, yeah, he sucks, right, yeah. Dungey's going to win this for sure. And he, at pretty much no point in that race, did you ever think Dungey was better than those guys? No, no, you're right. I, even, I claimed a, a win for him on not 10 or whatever. I'm like, Dungey's going to win this sure. whole thing, right? And, he, sure. and that's what he would normally do. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. He would eat everyone up at the end there. He's done it multiple, multiple times, and it – it didn't happen. I and that's what I'm saying. I don't know if we've seen enough to know if it's him or is it the field. You know, as he is it something he's not doing right, or is it the, the field is kind of caught up to you know that level? Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Interesting to see what how that goes. Weege, who's been? Oh, by the way, Weege, congratulations on your bet. You have won the bet. You yeah. You, you won double, the bet rather easily. You, more than double. Yes. Okay. Yes, you you bet that Jake Weimer would be ahead of Brock Tickle in points after three races, and this one wasn't even close. He's more than doubled him in points, and that's good because remember I said I thought Tickle would be a disappointment this year, but I also said Alessi would be surprisingly good. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so thank you, you, Brock. Right? Yeah. So you're 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 fifty fifty. Uh, I'm trying to get work. We got to hurry this thing along. We spent too much time talking about Jeremy Medaglia, but um, uh. We in this is gonna. I'm gonna try to get cross cross promotions here. If you want to hear what JT and I think of this question, tune into the Pulp Mech Show. It's on the archives. Uh, but I'm gonna ask Wygant this: most impressive guy, uh, Pike, Lemoyne, Freeze, or Gerke? Ooh, you right? threw that last one in there. You threw that last one in there. Right. Uh, I don't think it's fair to put Gerke in that group. Okay, because Gerke's got, yeah, he's a little more established. Yeah, they've got, they've got, as JT would say, I mean, they've got some support over there. I mean, I, yeah. I would think it's a higher-end team than Jab Racing. Yeah. Lemoyne is with Jab Jab. Um, <laughs> and Jab wears what kind of goggles and gear? No, don't you know it? Crushing. It's, they crush, they crush it. <laughs> Rushing. John Knowles and I, from Scott, we were, we shared a hotel room Saturday night because we were both <laughs> flying out at 6 a.m. at LAX, and we were arguing so loud at like 2 in the morning, at the room down the hall called us and told us to shut what, up. What were you guys arguing about? Can you can you share that or no? He knows um, uh, has to be he, – he's exactly the guy we don't like in the industry, but somehow we put up with him because well, that's exactly what it was. he's he, so biased. He, he's so he, biased. Yes. He said basically, he goes, you know, the advertisers of your magazine or your website are your customers. And I said, no, the readers are. Our stories are based on what the <laughs> readers want to know. And, and I'm like, if the word ever got out that we were just doing stories because people paid us to do it, we might as well just shut the doors. That's not how it works. And he's like, but we're a customer. We are your customers. Make your customers happy. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what ads are even in the magazine, and we do it that way. On per- like, Mathis, how many conversations do you have with the advertising group? Yeah, none. Yeah, and we do that on purpose. So there isn't an influence. And he's... The only person on earth that would say that's wrong. He's so incredibly biased towards anyone or anybody wearing Scott goggles or Scott anything. 
he's one of the guys that we hate talking to, that we make fun of, agents and you know, yeah, this kind of you know, gear guys and, but yet for some reason we keep him in our inner circle. I don't know why, but if, for comedy, I think comedy. so. I think so. <clears throat> Let's get back to these. Yeah, these sorry, writers. sorry. Um, out of the other three, I think I would have put Lemoyne at the top, mm-hmm. uh, the first two rounds, but Pike, man. That was impressive. I know he did crash at the end. Is that he was he, he was spot? not he was tenth, ninth and tenth, and then near the end well, he lost the the front end. I guess. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, um, it, it was impressive, and uh, that's a whole other whole other level, I think, than even what Lemoyne and Freeze have been able to do so far. That was really good. Mm-hmm. It's hard and, to put uh, Lemoyne up when when Pike put him down. <laughs> yes, yes, true. <laughs> uh, and you know who called the Pike Renaissance? Yeah. You know who called it? The, yes. The, Louis uh, Pike. <laughs> no, besides Louis Pike. That'd be you, JT. That would be me. You are leading the bandwagon on that. You are on the Pike bandwagon. Go, there's not a lot of you right now. There's maybe six, half dozen guys. You're on it, and you guys are going. I got a funny story on Pike. I was talking to uh, <clears throat> Budman, who's working with Pike right now. I was talking to Budman in the morning. And he's like, I'm not really a trainer guy, I'm more of a riding coach. But he was telling me, you know, he's always trying to lose weight. He's one of the bigger guys out there. And he's like, I just can't figure out how to lose weight. And I say to him, well, have you tried road biking? And he's like, no, not really. <laughs> so I got him road biking. Wow. Hmm. Hey, Glad. But the secret's out. Jason Wygant, trainer to the stars. No, 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 no. Budman said what that. Antonez told him. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Antonez told him it. And I'm thinking – Good thing you ran into this guy to figure this. You should maybe ride a road bicycle thing out because I don't know that's where you've gotten that top secret. I haven't uh, gone over and checked him out uh, with his shirt off or anything, but um, maybe I'll you know make plans to do this. But JT, I mean, can he? He's a big dude. Is he? You, and you've seen him change many times, I'm sure, in Germany and wherever else. Uh, yeah, I've shared hotel rooms with him and stuff. I mean, okay. So, yeah. and without getting, you know, without sounding too perverted or weird or creepy. Well, it's uh, not homoerotic. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, can he can he lose weight or is he, you know, just. Well, for sure. I, I think his, you know, his genetics are what they are, and that's why he's he's big, a bigger guy. Yeah. Um, but, but certainly he can get leaner, and he's been steadily getting leaner. Right. Um, you know, just everybody's bodies are built differently, and some people are prone to you know, gaining weight and, and, you know, I think everybody has a, a weight that their body naturally shifts to mm-hmm. if you kind of let it do its own deal. Right. And he, he's kind of fighting, you know, fighting against that all the time. And it, he's working. I mean, he's steadily lost weight. Mm-hmm. It's just obviously much more difficult for him. And right. I think the more weight he loses, the better, you know, the better right. things are going to get for him and right. the better starts he's going to get. And, you know, um, it all kind of works together. Right. Uh, Quickly, Weege on the JGR scene. Brayton won a heat. Grant started out front again. I, I wrote this in observations. I think he started uh, six, seven, seven in in three races or something, and he's finished ten, eleven, eleven, um, something like that. He or eleven, ten, ten. What's your take on the JGR guys? Who cares about the results? They almost got into a fight with the Stewarts. Oh, I know. Woo-hoo! I Whoa, know. I heard fireworks. about Fireworks. Yeah. Mama. I didn't, um, and you know what? J Bone had not, his hat on backwards at the end of the night. And I think it was like in just the overall, like I'm ready to rumble and go at any time. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> like the Outsiders, look it up, kids. Google it. <laughs> it really was. Um, like 
Did I didn't they flip s- the hats backwards and over the top. Hey, I didn't see one bit of the Grant Stewart thing at all. I, I don't know what I was watching or what I was doing or never, never saw it. Um, let's just say, shockingly enough, the two sides of the story do not match at all. <laughs> Shock. Yeah, that is yeah, really shocking. Um, <laughs> but uh, Grant, uh, the side I saw was Josh Grant running James Stewart all over the track. <laughs> That's the side Grant, I saw. Which, to I be mean, fair, I, I did hear that James that. did something just, first. I, I wouldn't even disagree with that, just kind of knowing the rep. I know that fans hate Stewart and think he's reckless and everything, but there's a difference between being, you know, landing on people, crashing on people, anyone's ever experienced that, <laughs> and, like, just going out there to purposely, like, jack with people. Like, I don't think – I mean, Stewart's in seventh. I don't think he's like, I'm going to get my rocks off taking Josh Grant out for no reason. I don't think that's his M.O. But Grant, eh, he's kind of been involved in that stuff before. Grant admits he started it by pushing him wide in the corner – but he said that's just racing, and he freaks out. He can't handle that. And by he, I mean James Stewart can't handle being raced the way everybody else races each other. Then he tried to take me out. Then I tried to take him out. Then he tried to take me out again. Then I tried to take him out. Then he cracked. Like, mm-hmm. Grant admits that he started it. Right. But the Stewart side said that there was zero retaliation on their part. Grant's just crazy and looking for publicity. And I said, I don't think – well, JT, you can help me with this. When you're out there in a Supercross main, is publicity running to your mind at any point? Oh, no. I didn't I, said, I don't <laughs> think I don't think that Josh Grant was trying to take out James Stewart to make headlines. Exactly. And I don't they said the fact that you even interviewed him about it and he got to talk about it, that's exactly what he's looking for. I don't think so. I think he's looking no. for a better result than eleven. Somebody really said that, he got. somebody really said that to you? Oh, like five people in Stewart's camp. And I'm like, I don't think the riders are thinking about publicity while they're racing ladies and gentlemen this is what we go through on a weekly basis i want to put that out there i'm not i'm like i'm not defending him if he's taking people out for no reason or taking people out to battle for 10th mm-hmm. that might be ridiculous but i do not believe he's doing it for publicity purposes and they're like well he's, he's getting some isn't he Jesus. what are you gonna yeah. do what do you what, what do you say to someone like that i've been getting a little bit pushier and pushier right Stewart right lately right, right. i feel right. like Push back a little bit. It never really hurts. Um, no, I was, so I, ye- I, was that I was pretty much yelling into the phone at Roger before A1. <laughs> there you go. Telling him he needs to check himself into a mental health, mental health facility. Um, DeCoster? That's not cool. That What's that? DeCoster? No. No, no. Uh, Roger. <laughs> not M- very nice. MX Culture. Um, the Stewart's gear guy for people that don't know. Right. I was. Yeah. His logic was so insane that I'm like, you need to check yourself in and get seen by professionals. To help you. Um, and I will say, out of the entire group that I talked to, I finally eventually did get to James himself, and he was by far the most rational about it, of the whole group, <laughs> right. which tells you something but, quite a bit about probably um, his entire career. Okay, so here's the rumor, and I want to stress rumor on this. Um, but if, you, if it does come true, I will take credit for it. But, uh, Stuart, we could see... Stewart withdrawing from the series after two more top ten finishes. That's all I'm going to say. That's the rumor. JT, you can confirm. Uh, confirm I it's can a rumor. Confirm I heard that rumor. Right. Yeah. You heard it also as well. Um, um, but does it really matter if we heard it from the same person at the same time? I don't know. 
I mean, I guess I can confirm that you're not lying about hearing the rumor. <clears throat> yeah, no, it may not come true. So, here's my here's my question. Can I just ask this? When you say top ten, do you mean like sub top three, top ten, or just anywhere in the top ten? Anywhere in the top ten. Okay, that means a lot. Why? Because meaning, hey, if he keeps getting ace, he's over it. This isn't working. It's not right. It's not. There's no use for him to go out there on a bad knee. Is one thing because he keeps getting ace. What's that doing for him? Right. But if it's he just needs to enter the races and compete to a certain amount of events, that's a totally different story. Um. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. It is totally different. You know what yeah. I mean? No. Yeah. Let's just see. And and again, it's a rumor. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So, um, I say that he keeps going, but there's no chance in hell he races outdoors. But then, no. then a source told me different. So, um, the, the, well, I mean, yeah. in his defense, uh, no, there, no, I, yeah, I'm not trying to. Well, perfect, I just perfect. mean people are going to hear that and be like, "Oh, Stewart's wiggling out of outdoors again." No, no, no. He just I mean, he, he needs surgery. He needs surgery right, on his right. knee. He's got to get his knee. Yeah, he needs clear. needs to get his knee fixed. And let's face it, Supercross is more important to him and his sponsors and all that. And, yeah, you know, so. I would also say that the chances of re-aggravating that thing in 24 motos in ruts is much worse, I would think. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we can ask yeah. the man with no ACLs on the other line here. Yeah. JT, is it easier to get through Supercross clean than it would be motos outdoors? Uh, yeah, without a doubt, right. especially if it's. If it's sore to where, you know, I just don't know the, how it feels for him. If it's really sore and it hurts to put down and it's weak and all that, then, yes, outdoors is going to be a nightmare just right. because of you're dragging it and dabbing it and all kinds of things that don't, you know, really go well with that kind of injury. Right, yeah. Um, all right, let's, let's, we got to move this thing along. i got sushi to go to. Um, Okay, Chisholm uh, has worst race of the year. Switch goggle brands. Okay, now we'll move on from that. Um, that's a non-story. Let's go to two fifties. Get your contract signed, kids. Um, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help it. Uh, okay, two fifties. Um, I would say the company representative at the races should have been on him to get his contract signed. I'm really shocked that the company representative <laughs> of the goggle company is complaining that by round three the contract wasn't signed. That would have been that guy's job, I would believe. Can we move on to two of these? Sure. Okay. Um, I thought we were set. I wrote in my column uh, two, three weeks ago, I want to see Cole Seeley 2012 Anaheim 1 Cole Seeley where he gets the start, he has a clean track, and I think he can beat Tomac. <clears throat> no way. Um, that pass that Tomac made on that uh, those dudes, um, that's 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 – Around the outside on a slippery corner. See you later. I'm out. It, it was uh, the, the it was an, it was a great race. Roxon and, and Seeley rode good, but Tomac again. He was clearly better. When do we start about talking about the the the, the sweep? Why again? Mm, I, I think there's a difference in Anaheim one last year. Um, remember that race? Wasn't that the one where the monster or girl? Oh, no, it was actually Dan and Dahlgren messed up the thirty second card and the gate. That was last year, yeah. Yeah, the gate was held for like 18 seconds, and dude just had the clutch pulled in. <laughs> um, that was way worse than like Seeley gets the whole shot and Tomac starts third. Like that was just mass chaos the start of that one. Um, so I say if Tomac gets a, a, a really you know 
starts 10th or something. I think Sealy could do it. I mean, at the end of the race, Tomac had him covered for sure last five laps. I think those dudes ran so hard that they were spent, and he was just cruising. We're relatively cruising along. Mm -hmm. But I didn't see it being like he'll catch him from 20th. I mean, mean, okay, not 20th, but uh, from what I saw, he can catch him from 10th. I don't know. JT, break this tie. Man, it, I'm telling if if Roxon and Sealy ride like they did this weekend, I don't think that Tomac can catch him from that far back. Yes, tie's broken. Yes, <laughs> shocking that he went against me. He just called no, me. He just no, called no, me no, Walter. No. He just called me they Walter. Far Kronk- behind him at the end this weekend. Cron crap, dude! It took him ten laps to get by them. I mean, they that's were what I'm saying. Matching him for ten laps. Ten laps of what, stocking. What was him. the finish? Stocking margin. Him. Three or four uh, seconds. It was three point four on Kenny. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, stalking them, case. stalking them like a lion stalks a wounded zebra. No worries, guys. I'm good. I'm just waiting. Just how wait. did that stalking go in the heat race? What do you mean? Yeah, Another he question. didn't catch Rocks there. He just didn't catch him. Like he gained like a half a second. Dude, he like caught him lap. from like like five seconds back, and six seconds back. He didn't make race. up a ton of time in the heat race. He did. No, he only made up like only five or six seconds. You're right. Not oh, at all. No, he even, dude. Go and read open mic. He even said it himself. I'm like, you inched up on a little bit. He's like, yeah, I think I gained about a half second on him. I'm serious. He did. It was like three and He's, a half. That's and then just he got to three. Eli being classy like his dad. Oh, that's okay. all that is. Mm-hmm. He ain't gonna crazy ain't, like a fox. He, he's not gonna do that. Um. <laughs> okay. Well, listen. Eli being classy. Yeah, it's a classy guy. Oh, he's not a classy guy. Why can't you hate him? Who's the ten? The ten laps he was behind him. Was that just class? It, it was. It was class. It was like, hey, I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to wait. Um, ten, ten second gap on Sealy in uh, five laps. Well, you could clearly see, I think, Sealy ran himself into the red zone. G6, bro. G6. I mean, <clears throat> once once they got by him, like the damn burst, and Sealy was making a mistake. I mean, I think he was, the heart rate, was, heart rate <clears throat> which gets mentioned quite a bit on TV. <laughs> I think it was a little high. Could, can't, you Leave can't that. help it. You can't help it. Sorry. You, you have to hit the high, the beehive, don't you? Um, uh, so, were you getting texts about Sealy while he was leading? Anything? No, but I, did, I, I didn't know that uh, Super Agent is on Twitter because I wrote, those nine laps led were for you, Brian Segrist. And then immediately I got a response from him. Thanks, my boy looked good. <laughs> okay. Um, All good. Um, heartbreak of the race. Maybe Travis Baker looking good in fourth. Ben's a shifter. Had to pull in. I mean, I don't know if he would have finished fourth, but I think he's riding pretty well. Uh, Osborne. Osborne was good. Jay Canada came from eighth to fifth. Canada was good. Uh, Christian Craig. Oh, he's a hot dog out there. Real hot dog. Um, <laughs> hey, you know what? Looking at the. You guys can add anything you want about Osborne, Canada, Craig. Feel free. I'd say, um, was that maybe the headline was how bad Canada's first two races went? So this is way better than that. But is this actually his best Supercross ever? No. Like, no. No. Huh? Uh, how about his? What did he get last year? Oh, he got some fifths, fourths. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll, he got fifth this time. Yeah, not even close. Uh, I'll look it up if you want. Um, not even close. While we're talking, what about no. what about the gear of the night? The Dalmatian, JT yeah, stuff. Do you feel JT about the JT stuff? How do you feel? I like the stuff that Jay Canada was wearing. Same as Alessi's. Uh-huh. It was the same thing. Same, same thing. Okay. Well, Dalmatians, bro. 
I, th- I the stuff I remember Wesley wearing was that white and blue stuff. Dalmatians, nah, bro. I don't like that stuff. Um, yeah, it's all right. I mean, it's nothing like fly racing, but uh, Canada got it's, a fourth. It's okay. Canada got a fourth and a fifth last year, and two sixes. A bunch of sevens and eights. So. Two sixes. Two sixths. Okay, I was just wondering if you had the English language. Um, gear of the night by far. Gear of the night. What about no? Actually, hey, what I wanted to talk about though. Wygant was your guy, Jason Anderson. Do you know he was like 16th on lap one or two? He fell before that pileup. Before the pileup, like, okay, yeah. Like, what was it? Did that pileup, it somehow everyone broke their wrist, I think, is the way that pileup worked. That was amazing. <laughs> everyone ended up with the same injury um, or, or thereabouts. Okay, I have to jump Anderson in here because I brought up Jason Anderson last night to Steve Mathis about how well he had been riding. I, he was my surprise of the year so far. Thank you. For the white class. And Steve, Although you I'm shot me down like I had never watched a race before. It shouldn't be a surprise. should have been obvious. And now you just brought him up as how well he was riding. He was good. Oh, my gosh. This, this um, is, uh, I, I, what? What? He was good. You're ridiculous. Um... Okay, so if we're worried about Ryan Dungey, we, we're definitely worried about Tyler Rattray. Yeah, I don't want to clarify here because I know what? I even added something into your OBS today. Because oh, I hold on a second. Ads- Wait, getting back to that. Wait, we need to talk about this. Huh? I did an interview with Jay Canada for next month's issue of Racer X. You guys help me, help me out here. Uh, hopefully I'm not bringing any surprises. Someone in the editing process removed my comment that said, as one of the top riders in the 250 West Series, they removed that comment. Should it have rightfully been removed? Is he not one of the top riders? Um, aren't you the one who always complains, why are the interviews in the magazine so short? I always turn them in with too many words. I can't make them short enough. No, I'm good now. I learned my lesson a little bit. Are you sure? I don't think so. Is the easiest... <laughs> The easiest thing to cut is the intro that no one reads, so you keep all the Q and A in there. So. I think he's one of the top riders. I see your unedited your unedited entries, and they are long. Yes. No. I yes, I have verbal diarrhea for sure, no doubt. Um, I admit, I, I I can't. I have a hard time. That's why I'm so proud of 250 and 450 words when I do them. Very, now very. They are exactly 250 and exactly 450. No Maybe one we else. Call everything you write. No, <laughs> exactly. No one else on the staff adheres to the strict guidelines of two fifteen four fifty words, but myself, and no Matt, one notices. Your, your Suzuki story. The next issue will not be called, you know, Team Suzuki two thousand thirteen. We're going to call it nineteen hundred words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll be there all day. Okay. No, is he one of the top riders in the fifty West series? Yes or no? Uh, yeah. Why not? Okay. Thank you. Hey, here's why I know that. Screw you, Fred. Screw you, screw you Fred. Um, okay. I'm not sure that that's how it got taken away. <clears throat> because I know that when Davey was thinking of redoing Racerhead stuff, he said, hey, you know what one of the most puzzling things is? Jake Canada is now national number 23 and doesn't have a factory ride. That's really impressive. So I know that other people within the magazine organization right. think very highly of Jake. Okay, moving Von, on. Von Zipper Goggles, Kyle Chisholm is number 11. He doesn't have a factory ride. Well, we've known that. We've known Chisholm's deal. Like, Canada's like, hey, well, here's something I owe. Chisholm was very upset at Racer X for not including him in the 
privateer highlight package, which I see his point. I saw his point last week anyways. I'm not sure if I see it this week. What's the privateer highlight package? When we had Lemoyne, Pike, and Freeze on the website. So we need to give Chisholm credit for qualifying for two out of two mains? Is that really the... Yeah. No, no. I think, I, I mean, he says he's a privateer, and he is. So. And he had beaten all of them. And he had beaten all of so them. So far in both in the races. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think he had is, a valid point there. I think, he did, I think he had a valid point last week. I don't know about this week now. I'm upset. No, with that is know. not a valid point. That is not a valid point. The point was, hey, the field is loaded. But Vince Freeze made both mains. That's pretty impressive. For Vince Freeze, that's awesome. For Lemoyne, has a new race 450 Supercross 4. He made both mains and loaded field. That's impressive. That's what the story was about. These three dudes are making mains despite the thick field. I don't think that we give Chisholm credit for making mains. I don't think that's his goal. That's his goal. No. I don't know that that was the title of the article, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look at the questions that were asked. Let's move on. All right, Chiz. Uh, Weege hates Chiz. It's clear. Um, um, clear, yeah, clear is the operative term. You can see it clearly. What? What did? Uh, what did you add to Tyler Rattray in, in, in the story? When we say that Rattray is struggling, most people are going to be like, "What are you talking about? That dude always is sucked at Supercross." So I added in, um, "Hey, you might be saying to yourself, he's always been way better outdoors than indoors." But Rattray has generally been a podium guy, including last year. So I just want to know that when we say he's yeah. struggling with ace, yeah. I think a lot of people would think, oh, that's all ace. That's probably all Rattray can do. He sucks at Supercross. Not really. He was the points leader at one point last year because he had two podiums in the first two rounds. A podium does not look like it's likely for him right now. There's um, a definite drop-off. Yeah, he uh, – yeah, yeah, you can never be too clear with – People on the internet, you know, I, I agree. Thank you for adding that in because, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, somebody left a message on the Pulp MX hotline saying that they, it's bullshit that they cannot access Racer X online unless they sign up for Facebook. <laughs> JT, you heard the message. Yeah. Um, it's bullshit. He's not happy. What could this guy could possibly be running into on his computer? I have no clue. A master of the cyberspace. <laughs> clearly, clearly. You need a Facebook account to read Racer X online. Someday someone's going to call and say, every time I go to log on your website, a bunch of porn pop-ups come up. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, really. Where, where did these come from? How did this happen? Um, okay. Uh, I guess let's wrap this thing up by patting myself on the back. Um, or do I wrap this up by doing that? Weege, um, now I, I called Sipes early. Just like Zach Osborne in practice last season. I watch Sipes and I'm like, he's looking good. I I see a, I see something in him I haven't seen before, and he won a heat race. Could battle with Davalos, but do I get credit because he crashed out in the main event, or is it sort of like, eh? But I mean, come on, give me the heat race win. I mean, you're changing your story. You called him before practice to his face during the track walk. True. No, I called him. No, you said you said to him. I think. I think that was after the first practice. I think it was after the first practice. You talked to him after the first practice, really? Or after the second one. I didn't go down after the first one. Okay, maybe not. Maybe maybe it wasn't during track walk. I did not see him track walk. Maybe you know what? I think you're right. I didn't even see him ride and I called it. Even better. And then you have your facts straight. And then I saw then I saw him ride. I'm glad I'm here to back you up. I'm glad I'm here to pick up the pieces. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know anymore. I can't Waffling keep... by Steve Matthews. I seriously, I got to quit. I got to go. I can't keep all my life straight anymore. Um, Here's a dust pan. Here's some of the stuff you dropped. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but I did call it, and then he thankfully he backed me up, and then I was very excited for the heat race win, and um, and, and then he crashed out in the main. So do... no, it did pain me when he was winning that heat race. It hurt me very bad. I know you had called it. it yes. really hurt. And who else did I call? Please, after during practice, please inform the listeners what this, else I called. This was ridiculous. No, it was said. no. It was about time I get some respect. No, no, no. I mean, this, this the fact that you picked this was okay, not ridiculous. It was impressive. Like it was so out of thin air, so out of left field. It was Dakota's header looking good. Yes, yes. And he goes and makes his first main event of the year. He started, I think, fourth or fifth in the heat. And I turned to Mathis, and I'm like, dude, Tedder. And he's like, exactly. Right. God. Yep. No, I watched him in practice. He looked frisky. He looked friskier than I'd seen him all year. Well, you know, that's all. People think I just, you know, watch the eight, ten top guys. Oh, no, I watch everyone. Uh, I watched Jeff Loop. You didn't watch the last set of practices. No, I didn't watch that. Yeah, exactly. I've seen enough from the two. Uh, but anyways, Dakota Tedder, 14th. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Do any of you guys seriously consider Chisholm, Pike, LeMoyne, and Freeze in the same group? I think you have to. That's an insult. If anything, Chisholm should have been more insulted. (laughs) I I mean, Chisholm's paying his own entry fees right now. (laughs) Chisholm is thinking, me and Vince Freeze, hmm, let's see who comes out on top tonight. Freeze is the guy I'm gunning for. here's, here's Here's where Chisholm's argument falls a little apart. He gets Yamaha support directly, you know, bikes and parts. His team does. And I don't believe those other jerkies get that from OEMs. So, you know, and even David Millsaps, who, you know, he buys bikes from Suzuki, his team. So, you know, you can make a case for Davey even being a little. He should have been there. He should, I'm not saying he should have been there, but I'm just saying if you want to talk about semantics. We didn't can, mention Alessi in there either. I guess we've been screwing him over too. That's like Chad Reed in 2011 was top privateer. I'm just saying, when you buy your bikes, that's gnarly. Chad never bought bikes. Yes, he did in 2011. He did not buy bikes. Okay. Honda did not give him bikes in 2011. Uh, At the end of the year that he got help. When did he? At the end of 2011? Like at the beginning of 2011 when he was like getting his bikes and going to go racing, he was buying bikes. Well, yeah, just because his deal wasn't done yet and all that, and he was just getting started. He was being pro- no, no, proactive. No, 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 he, he went. He was planning on going racing without Honda help at all. All right. Um, okay, fine. Whatever. Um, Michael Lee broke something. He's out for a while. Bummer for him. Um, that crash, that darn lights, that, was a, that crash was like the smoke was, monster. The show it was off. gnarly, right? Uh, just Traveling like a bike flipping another bike, the crash stretched I think fifty feet. It was pretty bad, and then Anstey made it through the crash uh, forty feet, and then uh, dropped his bike and grabbed his wrist. So like he was like survived it, but yet didn't. I'm telling you, it was a smoke monster. Like it just gets you. I never saw that show, so oh, it was like internal bleeding. Where you, oh, I'm I'm okay, I'm okay, and then you're not. Right. Hey. um... Please stop me if you've heard this before. Please. Stop. Please stop. Uh, Martin Davalos uh, qualifies second fastest. 
Martin Davalos uh, almost wins the heat in a great ride um, with Ryan Sipes, but just comes up short. And Martin Davalos in the main event ends up 12th. Just I hope stop. Davalos stabs you in your sleep one night. Really? Really? You, yeah. really, you really think he's going to stab me in my sleep? I hope so. I mean, what's the what's the defense? What what he could crash on that in that pileup? Just again, though, like what? Okay, so he crashes the first race. He wins the heat race, a one, then crashes in the first turn pileup. But completely this... not his fault. Second race, he almost kills himself, then still gets on the podium. Third race, he almost wins the heat race, riding great, and gets do, in a pileup again. That's not. His do fault. you feel like this is a new development for for Martin Davalos? Do you feel like this is a unique year for him? I just feel you're you're being a little unfair. Why, why can't please break this tie? I'm going to go with Steve on this one. Yes, but do you yes. fair, do you feel that's a fair assessment? It is not his fault. There's no doubt. That no, the yes. first turn incidents in in the two the two of the three mains were not his fault. No doubt about it. But I don't think that you were necessarily Steve. I think you were being um, vague enough to just say. Who the hell knows? Shit just happens, right? Well, yeah. This, I mean, yeah. At this point, you can't, you can't say it's it's his, he didn't cause any crashes, but it just continues on. It just doesn't matter with him. He's going to have the anvil fall on him at some point. It's just going to happen. Hey, speaking of the anvil, Steve, <laughs> I thought you would laugh at this. When Millsap's bike broke going down the start straight in the heat, you know who got the worst of the deal? Nicoletti. Oh, really? I, never... so I feel like it's only fitting that once Nicoletti finally <laughs> gets a bike that does run, he is the victim of a crash caused by someone else's bike well, breaking. And there is another guy, and he didn't even race the night. That was it for him. He hit his head. Didn't feel good. Yeah. Um, that's another guy that, yeah, just shit goes wrong. And you don't know why. It's just the way it is. And, JT, I'm not trying to pick on the guy. I, I'm nah, a, I'm I feel a, like you have a personal vendetta. I've never. A little bit. No, I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm a fan. You're oh, a fan you're of Davalos. You're a fan Davalos. of Davalos. You're a fan. All right. <laughs> okay. That's pushing it. That's pushing <laughs> it. What uh, I'm just saying, I'm just. I mean, it's it's hilarious at this point. Not for Martin, I'm sure. And not for Mitch Payton. Um, but it's just. What are you going to do? Like, what? Are, you, are you intentionally calling him Martin and not Martin? No, I'm sorry, Mart, Martin. Yes, Martin. I forgot. Um, as a, I'm a foreigner also to this great country, so I understand the struggles. Don't you he, forget it. The struggles he faces, I understand. New language, new things, I get it. That, uh, not, a new language has nothing to do with you getting his name right. No, I'm just trying to make an excuse. Um, are you getting it wrong? Anything else, guys? Oh. I sure hope not. <laughs> I think we've gone long enough. Thanks, we haven't Ke- covered it by now. Um, thank you, Kevin Wyndham, for the uh, retiring to make us spend half an hour debating your career. Um, thanks, everybody. Thank you, Jason Wygant. Thank you, Jason Thomas, for coming on the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by ThorMX. ThorMX, the choice for Brian Villapoto, who won his 25th career main event at Anaheim 2. Real quickly... JT, who wins this weekend? Uh, Oakland, California. It's going to be muddy. I will go with Kevin Wyndham. 
Nope. He's retired. Damn it. Uh, I will take Ryan Villapoto. Why again? The Dalmatian gear made it into this Racer X calendar. Come on. It did. Man. It did. I know. Uh, Looking right. good. I almost got through it, and then they threw in the month of January. Looking good. There it is. <sighs> Thank you, ThorMX, for sponsoring this podcast. Thank you, Fly Racing, for giving JT uh, a job. But uh, yeah. thank you, JT Racing, for bringing back, which is perhaps the baddest ass gear ever. All right. No comment? Good talk. Well, again, who wins this weekend? I'm just going to keep going Villapoto. Yeah, I think he goes on a run. I think he goes yeah. on a run starting starting now. So yep. uh, uh, we'll see what happens. Thanks, everybody, and uh, talk to you guys uh, soon. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.